right, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Today is Friday, March the 3rd. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by the one and the only Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and myself will go ahead, we'll cover the NBA Friday games, and we'll touch quickly on KD's return, how we thought everything looked on that front. No NBA Jeopardy today, and we'll go ahead and we'll cover our best bet. So we're going to try to keep this one dialed in today. Let's get right down to business, Mac. No small talk today. You have a game that you're looking at for tonight. What do you got? I like the Pelicans here tonight versus the Warriors. You can get four points. Came down a little bit from the open, but this line is telling me the Warriors are a significant better team than the Pelicans without Steph Curry, and I don't think that's the case. My numbers make this two and a half. I think they're about equal teams uh, with Steph Curry not being there and without Andrew Wiggins not being there. Moreover, from a motivational perspective, Pelicans got a big win in Portland, coming back in the fourth quarter, dominating down the stretch. I think they keep that momentum compared to a Warriors team who, yes, got a big comeback win against the Clippers, but they're at this pivotal moment where they're about to get Steph Curry back. And, you know, we don't know why Andrew Wiggins has not been available. You know, thinking about him and his family, if it's if it's something bad, which it, you'd, you'd have to think it, it is. Um, but they're going to be back. Curry maybe as soon as Sunday. Wiggins, um, TBD, but wouldn't be surprised if it was Sunday as well. So they're about to pivot from what they're doing. I feel like they're going to let their foot off the gas just a little bit at home uh, in this last game of this cycle here. Another factor is Brandon Ingram, I think, is actually back to being himself. Remember, the Pelicans were 9-1 and straight up in ATS in the second half of last year after the All-Star break in every game that Ingram played. Well, this All-Star break, a couple things have happened. One, he's had to position himself from being a co-star along with Zion in the middle of the season. Then he goes down for an extended period of time. And since he came back, uh, if you look at his estimated plus minus, it's slowly been surely been ticking up uh, back to where he should be. So his value to the average team, plus three and a half to start the season, his first few games. This is by Dunks and Threes EPM, which I think, you know, I have my own numbers, but I think it's a pretty good proxy for what uh, a team, I don't think it's going to be two or three points off. I think it's going to be pretty close on to what, it, what a player has added during the season uh, of value. So he's plus three and a half to start the season. When he came back, his first 10 games, he was a plus .2. He was, you know, a net neutral to the team. Well, he's been ticking up, ticking up. Now he's bad up, back at plus two. I think he's going to return to form and be a guy that affects the Vegas Lions three, three and a half points. And I think we saw that. I think we saw that in Portland. I think we see it again here. And uh, Draymond Green, still a great defender on most nights. Not the kind of guy I want on a one-and-one matchup, you know, every time down court with Ingram, a jump shooter, who's a little bit taller than him, even as a big man. Uh, so I like the matchup here, and I think we got a more motivated team that's at least as good talent-wise as this Warriors team without Curry. So I'm going to take the Pelicans plus the four. All right, Mac going to go ahead and play the Pelicans. You know, I think with New Orleans, Mac, is that this team, they know how to win without Zion, right? I mean, we talked about this multiple times, and, and there was you know proof in the pudding into the playoffs with this team without him on the floor that this team was still able to go ahead and win games. You know, Valanciunas was off last game. He'll be back, so he'll be fresh for this one tonight. Uh, I got to be honest with you, Mac, though. I looked at the card today, and there were a lot of games that it, it just it, it screamed trap. And this was one of them. And the, the game that I'm going to give out screams it as well. Um, it's going to be the New York Knicks minus the three points. So I'm going to agree with your pick. Hopefully you agree with mine. But I was scared. I was scared of today's card. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Knicks here. This line went from Knicks plus one to Knicks minus three. And a lot of that is probably going to be due to, I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to play tonight. There was a lot of movement, and really there's only one guy 
that can move the line three, three and a half points that's on the floor for both of these teams tonight. And it, it's Jimmy Butler. So I don't think he plays tonight. But look, I mean, the, the, the Knicks have been playing really good basketball. They've won seven straight games. We used them in our last podcast. They went ahead. Not only did they cover, but they absolutely blew out who they were playing. And I think there's a chance that they could actually go into this game tonight and blow out the Heat. The one thing about the Knicks, if you look at the line, minus three and a half over the last seven games, there, there wasn't a game that was even close. Um, I, I think there was one game that was like within six points, but every other game, I believe, was like by double digits. I mean, this team's not only winning and covering, but they're blowing teams out and they're playing their best basketball right now. And if the Heat are not going to have their best player on the floor, and I don't care that it's at home, the Knicks are still winning on the road. They want to keep this momentum going. Um, I don't see any reason for letdown. I can only see, you know, this Knicks team coming in here with confidence that they could beat a team like the Heat and keep this impressive run going. So, as we talked about on multiple podcasts before, you know, when when you end up with these hot streaks or teams that are just rolling, you don't want to step in front of them. So, I don't recommend that we step in front of the Knicks. But I will say this, it seems square. I will say that. Hopefully, you know, we're not falling into that trap. And there's other games. Like, I felt like the T-Wolves tonight, Mac was a team maybe that a lot of people would play on. I felt the same thing about the Suns, and those lines kind of went the other way. So maybe they were the two, you know, real trap games tonight, and, and I'm kind of glad that, you know, that, that we're not talking about those teams. Maybe we could talk a little bit about KD. Let's go ahead and talk about that quickly, Mac. So he comes back. You know, we talked about him the other day, said, you know, hey, we, we projected him. You know, maybe play 24-plus minutes. He ended up, I think he played 27 had a good game. I mean, KD looked like KD. Went out there, had 23 points in that game. Uh, Booker had a really good game. Suns looked good. Not only did they win, but they covered on the road in KD's return against Charlotte. They looked pretty good. I don't know what you thought, Mac, about the performance from the Suns. It it, it actually didn't look like they missed much of a beat from you know the, the team that, that many teams feared before KD even got there. I think they looked okay. What about you? I thought they looked amazing. I mean, I know they only scored 105 points. They didn't blow away the I mean they covered but they only won by 14 but uh from a granular perspective I thought this is exactly you know best case scenario how Kevin Durant fits in Hubie Brown the legend uh you know still telecasting all these all these years into it 83 or whatever uh from time to time since I was a kid I've been thinking about his expression of um the way you win at basketball is get good shots for your top three scorers your top three scorers Chris Paul no longer has to be one of the Suns' top three scorers. And we've been talking about all year, not well-suited to score right now in the NBA, beat his man off the dribble, get a bunch of jump shots up, uh, just not what he can do. But if you have Chris Paul facilitating that top three of Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, I know they shot like 70% this this game, and uh, that might not be sustainable. They could shoot a record number. They could could have like a 56% team field goal percentage. Kevin Durant, 10 for 15 Aiton, you know, has one of the best touches as far as an interior scorer with a little teardrops and such. He was seven for ten. Devin Booker, people thought he might take a step back as a scorer with Kevin Durant there. Opposite is true, in my opinion. Now he gets more one-on-one matchups. Thirty-seven points, fifteen for twenty-six shooting. Um, I don't think you can ask for much more from an offensive perspective than that kind of start. Uh, let me let me let me give you a, an agreement as far as your Knicks pick. This is a trend that we talked about last podcast. They've played the Heat before. They understand that offense, and the Heat's offense, not good usually, is terrible this season when they're playing a team for a second and third time. If you just bet 
on teams that are playing the Heat for a second and third time. You're now uh, 21 and 13 on the season. You won nine out of your last 10. Um, without Jimmy Butler, that offensive options goes even away. So I like that pick. But bringing it back to the Suns, I don't think um, there's a team that can touch them from an offensive perspective. I think we saw it already. I won't be surprised, Mac, if they're the highest field goal shooting team the rest of the way. That's just a bunch of mid-range killers with KD and Booker there. And they're not a team that's going to just sit outside and gun a bunch of threes. Like they, We know from, from past experience that they're a team that's going to take high percentage shots, and they have a certain system that they try to run, and they have a floor general in, in Chris Paul who he'll get in your ass if you're just out there not playing good fundamental basketball. Like This just reminds me of a, of a basketball team that's just basketball 101. And when you go out there, you do your job, and they make it work together as a group you end up with those type of results. So they're going to be tough to beat. Like you're going to need to go out there and have, you know, maybe let's just say like a guy like Curry and, and maybe like a guy like Clay go out there and just be able to match you shot for shot. I, that, I or, or maybe like a Tatum and Brown, you know, match those, those guys shot for shot, you know, in order to go ahead and knock them off, you know, whether it be in a, you know, a single game or, or a series. So we'll see. I, I, you know, they're, they're going to end up playing again tonight. Interesting line move though. in that one, Mac. So, the Suns, they're going to be on the road tonight against the Bulls. And that line, I think, opened up right around Suns minus five. It's all the way down to like minus three. I haven't seen any news, Mac, but here's my assumption is that they really ramped KD up in this first game back. And we talked on the last podcast that perhaps maybe we see CP3 kind of taking some minutes off and really trying to just be on the floor with KD. I think maybe there's a chance that, that they got some type of news that maybe KD will see limited minutes tonight. Maybe they'll decrease some Paul minutes. Or don't be surprised with this line move because this line move is just not in. Like, are there sharp bettors that are coming in betting the Bulls tonight? I, I, I kind of don't feel like they're betting on the Bulls. I feel like they're betting some type of information. And maybe we see like a late scratch with like Aiton, maybe, maybe even Booker, something to that degree. So I don't know. But maybe they just don't want to give up. And this is something that I talk about a lot. A lot of times when you end up with teams like this that just come together, they just want to get out there, see how it works, see how it flows, and don't give a lot of teams a whole hell of a lot of looks, you know, a whole lot of game tape, you know, to work with. So there's definitely something going on there. I don't know if you agree with that, Mac, but I, I don't see any reason why the line would drop against this Bulls team. Yeah, I have the same I have the same general feeling about this card where it's a Friday night in the NBA. The focus is finally go, coming around onto the league. And uh, a lot of betters just seem to seem to be teased. And uh, you're right. I don't think it's a lot of recreational money on Chicago, another big market. Uh, I feel like there's either information or there's uh, the, the whispers of information. We saw this with OKCLA this week. Anthony Davis, not on the injury report, but you see that line ticking up. Thunder favored by one, two, two and a half. And then boom, confirmation. Anthony Davis not going to play that game. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of the big three uh, and now maybe we have to say big four for the Suns not suiting up in general, though. I think this is a, this is a trappy line. They Think about it. They had their debut versus the Hornets, uh, Kevin Durant's long-awaited debut. And then Sunday, they play the Mavericks, first Kyrie and Luka, two of the best offenses in the league right now. I feel like this is a little bit of a sandwich spot. And I feel like even if there isn't news, it would make sense to me that the sharp money uh, is going to fade the Suns here. I actually think that this is probably syndicate money that's coming in here on this. That That's kind of where I'm at with that. So I'm, I'm clearly staying away. I would not recommend playing the Suns there tonight. You brought up Kyrie 
you brought up Luka. They looked really good in their last game against the 76ers. Luka went out and had 42 points, and I think Kyrie ended up having Kyrie ended up having 40 himself. So 82 points for those two guys in the last game against a good Philadelphia team. What have you seen right now from the Mavericks with Luka and, and Kyrie on the floor? Like, do you feel that it's working, or was it just like one of those flash in the pan games? Can can these two guys go ahead and continue to, you know, not only carry this team but beat good teams like they did the other day against Philly? Yeah, I was very bullish on the trade. I thought it made the Mavericks a lot better than they were to start the season and hasn't really borne out with Luka and Kyrie together. They had won only one game before Philly, and that was against the terrible Spurs. I still see, I'm still as, not as, maybe not as optimistic, maybe close. I still see it turning around. I see the makeup of this team. And what I was wrong about is defensively, I figured, you know, just having a more efficient, less turnover prone offense they'd be able to make up for whatever deficiencies they lost with Dorian Finney-Smith well it hasn't really been the case I know Maxi Kleber uh he's been back he's not starting I'm not sure if he's fully back uh is there man in the middle and Dwight Powell's gonna be another guy but maybe I was wrong maybe they don't have the tools um defensively to be a true contender but offensively it's worked out better than I thought uh talk about getting your you know your best scores good opportunities to score 15 for 22 from Kyrie versus the Sixers, 13 for 22 with 11 free throws for Luka. Um, I mean, that's rarefied air. That's like Wade and LeBron in their prime type stuff might have one or two games like that in their season. So the fact that they got it in the first couple of weeks, it's got a, it's a, it's a good sign. You know, I think going back to what you just talked about with KD and Booker is that now you have to defend. Well, not only you have to defend four guys, but you can't cheat. You can't help defend against, you know, a guy like Booker because they don't have KD. Now you have no choice but to have all five of your guys in their spots. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing now with this Mavs team is that they can't cheat and they can't help, you know, with defense on Luka. Like now you have Kyrie out there who, you know, can carve you up any any night that he wants to, that it's kind of a, a similar impact now that this actually does help the Mavericks. And, and defensively, you know, I, even sometimes like – sometimes I think when you have elite scorers like, like Luka and Kyrie – that you can you can sacrifice some defense for some offense. You know, you're going to need scores on the floor going up against, like we were just talking about, Boston, uh, the guy like the Suns and the Warriors. Like, you need to match scoring. Um, and I think that a lot of those teams might actually sag off. And it looks to me, we talked about the Suns, that, that they, they sacrifice some defense. Seems like the Mavericks have done that too. And the Warriors, I don't – I don't know if we can even put defense in the same sentence with the Warriors right now. So uh, we'll see. You know, we were talking about Chris Paul. Went ahead, hit that player prop the other night. Mac, I'm kind of thinking we just do like a PSA, kind of like a recording where it's like player prop for today is going to be, you know, another winner because I get tired of repeating myself that, you know, we knock these player props out. But look, we're going to try to do it again. We've won at least five in a row. So. At least I, I would say at least five in a row. I mean, yeah, because I yeah, it's been like two week, two podcasts a week. I know I haven't had to report a loser in the last few weeks, uh, so we've had a very good season on this particular segment. So listen up. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody chasing us down on Twitter about player props and stuff. So we're gonna go ahead and try to knock another winner out for you tonight, and it's not gonna be on a marquee guy. You guys got to go to the Oklahoma City game, and you got to find Jalen Williams over seventeen and a half points now. There's another Jalen Williams. Make sure you find the right one. It should be easy because the other guy's listed at five and a half points or something like that. So we're going to play Jalen Williams over to 17 and a half points. 
Oklahoma City right now, Mac, they're they're struggling to find guys to go ahead and shoot the ball with SGA off the floor. And it's been Williams and it's been Giddy. Now, another issue with this team, their center, he's going to be out. So there opens up more opportunity to score. And I feel like a guy like Jalen Williams really doesn't have, you know, he just doesn't have those opportunities throughout the year when you have guys like SGA on the floor, you know, that are taking a bulk amount of the shots and a guy like Giddy. You know, who was out for a little bit of time, but he wanted to go ahead and get his game going. And Jalen Williams is kind of sitting there, you know, uh, contributing to 18 to 23% of the offense, you know, on a nightly basis. But now it feels like, you know, this could be like a maybe like 60% share for him tonight. So I think he kind of takes the bull by the horns tonight. I think he takes the opportunity that he has here. And if you go through and you look at what he's done with SGA off the floor, he's gone over this number in three out of four games. And he's played some pretty poor defensive teams over the last four games. I believe he comes in this game tonight focused, knows the task at hand, and he's playing a Jazz team that's going to be without Clarkson. So I don't see a blowout, and I don't see a whole lot of defense tonight. So I'll, uh, I like the Jalen Williams over to 17.5 points. That's what I have for the prop there for tonight. You got anything extra to kick on top of that one? Yeah, so averaging 22 without SGA, and I think without SGA is a huge demarker in the Thunder's program because every year around this time, like clockwork, SGA, Josh Giddy last year too, uh, get these n- nail, uh, nagging injuries and end up not playing. I'm happy that I'm not the only one with conspiracy theories on this particular issue. Bill Simmons, maybe the most prominent uh, sports podcaster, the pod father, as Jalen Rose likes to call him, said uh, SGA was playing like an all-world player, all-pro player, NBA first-team type player. Then he got hit by a and he got run over by a tank. Like, what happened? Like, it, it's he. I haven't seen him. He disappeared. It's suspicious. So, what does that mean? Why does that make me like Jalen Williams over the seventeen and a half? Well, what is the Thunder program? It's not to win games late in the year. It's to have rookies like the twelfth pick in last year's draft, Jalen Williams, outperform, increase their trade value, increase their abilities, get um, you know more reps under their belt. SGA already has those, I guess, in their mind, and they're going to let him chill, or maybe he's really hurt. Who knows? It's always a possibility. But this is why they do that. They want Jalen Williams, they want uh, Josh Giddy, who's still only 21 years old, to get maximum reps and uh, improve their team. You know, they're very Machiavellian, improving their team. One of the worst defenses on the season, and especially the last 30 days. I feel like you throw you throw his, his season long numbers, which is his career numbers, out the window, and you just look at this new iteration, semi tank revived Thunder team. He's averaging twenty two a game uh, against better defenses than this. So I like this prop a lot. Uh, let's keep it rolling. We gave out a few unders in a row that cashed. Kyrie under, Chris Paul under. This will be a little more fun. Jalen Williams over seventeen and a half points. All right, so there's our agreed upon player prop for tonight. Looking to go ahead and take down another one. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go. Let's jump into our coupon, Mac. We'll make this one short and sweet. If you guys haven't been over to pregame.com, uh, you might want to do that. McKenzie's been red hot in the NBA. I'm red hot right now in college basketball in the NBA. Uh, you guys want to save money on picks? All you have to do is go over there, enter code EAST20 or WEST20. You guys will save 20%. You know, if you're looking for any type of season-long package or any type of uh, UFC package or anything like that from any of the guys over there at pregame, you guys could easily just save 20%. Just enter code East 20 or West 20. Uh, with that out of the way there, Mac, I believe we covered pretty much everything. I don't have any Jeopardy questions for you. So let's go ahead and let's jump into best bets and we can go ahead and wrap this one up early for our listeners. 
you could go ahead and lead out with your best bets. What do you got for Friday night? I like the Hawks here. Quinn Snyder is currently winless as the Atlanta Hawks head coach, but like I said, he got there during layup lines. I'm not exactly sure that that game should really count on his resume. Now he's had a few days. I feel like motivation-wise, um, the Hawks are going to be enthused. They're going to be all in. Trey Young has has a new offensive, um, you know, coordinator, so to speak, and he's had some big games. Uh, you know, since he got rid of the since they got rid of the coach that he had been feuding with, and uh, like I said at the time. He can prove that he's a franchise guy, that McMillan was the problem, that he is someone not only that's a great player that's going to be in the All-Star game every year, but that you should matter-of-factly and deliberately build your team around. I think he's proven that. I think he's on his way to, you know, not necessarily proving it, but give us more evidence in that direction. I feel like he's all in to do that. So I'm generally bullish on the Hawks. And I am very, very bearish on this current Blazers team since Anthony Simons went down. As hot as Dame Lillard has been, the team hasn't been very good. Team team on the seat on uh, the last two weeks, you know, pretty much during this in fuego, Lillard scores seventy, scores forty every night type of type of situation. They're the twenty first t- best team by net rating. They're very good on offense, close to the top of the league, and they're the worst on defense. Well, their offense makes sense when you have one of the great scoring point guards ever having by far maybe his best, you know, run of games, his best month as a scorer. You should. You should see that show up in your team numbers. You should be a great offense. But to be dead last on the month during that same time on defense says the other guys, I mean, usually if one guy's doing all the scoring, maybe they lock in defensively, or maybe they're just not locked in at all. They don't exactly know their role and how to best impact the game, and they're not doing a very good job of it. Number two, their offense is precarious because if Lillard shoots, I don't know, career averages instead of career bests, then that offense becomes middle of the pack and your defense is still that bad, if not even a little bit worse, as people get less enthused when the ball's not going in. So, uh, you know, a fully healthy squad, I'd make this about six. But without Anthony Simons, even though he wouldn't be worth that much maybe to every team, I think to a team with so many limited options, you got to dock him another two and a half points here. Uh, So I think the line should be at least eight and a half. Hawks favored, get their first win under Snyder. Um, and I'll, I'll definitely lay the seven here, uh, happily. So Atlanta Hawks minus seven, that'll be my best bet. So Mike, before I get into my best bet, I want to throw it back to you and ask you about Simons. Now he played the other day and now he's out. Does that give you any, any extra concern? Like what's going on with this Blazers team? Might they be packing it in? Sure. I mean, if if I'm a Blazers fan, I'm concerned, but as a fader, uh, Blazers fader currently, it gives me confirmation. It's uh, very encouraging to me. Uh, as someone that's betting on the Hawks, laying the seven against the Blazers, that they played maybe their best three quarters, uh, it looked like, against the Pelicans, or two and a half quarters, with Simon's back, with another option out there. And then what happened? Fourth quarter, Simon's not there. Lillard, you know, down the stretch of these games, hasn't been as as consistent as he has been early in games, which makes sense. You know, you're 32 years old, you're shooting 40 times a game, you're not going to be as fit down the stretch. Well, what happened? They got blown out. They lost the fourth quarter by 20 points. The Pelicans finally look like what they used to be, you know, one of the better teams in the league. And that didn't seem like a coincidence to me. A couple of things happening. One, on the court, Simon's not being there, very deleterious to the team. And more importantly, especially with them holding him back, coming back from injury, then taking him right back out. I think psychologically, it kind of puts a pin uh, on the season. They're not really going many places. If they're second best player, it can't be counted on uh, to return. So, yeah, definitely gives me encouragement, confirmation. Um, Hawks minus seven is the play. 
All right, so Mac going to go with the Hawks there, minus the seven. Uh, for my best bet there, Mac, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. This is something that I never I never give out on podcasts, and that's a parlay in the NBA. Uh, I honestly don't recommend these, but I think at times, you know, that, that you can find a time to go ahead and play that. And one of the reasons why, why I'm playing this tonight, and a lot of it comes down to Mac, is that I am worried about a lot of these games today that I do feel that, that laying some of these numbers are just kind of trappy. But I like the Sacramento Kings parlayed with the Boston Celtics on the money line. And you can get that at minus 140. I don't see Boston taking a nosedive tonight. They lost a game against the Knicks just a game, two games ago. And I think that that kind of puts them on high alert against a team like Brooklyn, who, you know, they could be a nuisance, but we've seen Brooklyn get blown out. And if Boston just goes out there and they play their B minus game, they probably beat this team handily and probably maybe even cover the number. So I don't see Boston losing. But as far as the Kings go, they're they're more than likely going to get the Aaron Fox back tonight. The Clippers are going to be without Kawhi. They could very well be without Morris. They could be without Zubak. And recently, Norm Powell, not only was he on the injury report, but he was downgraded. It, it, it gives me a lot of concerns here for the Clippers. You're going to end up with an offense out there. Uh, and Paul George and Russell Westbrook, who... Westbrook, I think he he made he like took like eighteen shots at night, made three. Same thing with PG last night, took a bunch of shots, made three. So you got two guys, and look, if PG's cold, there's no way that the Clippers are winning this one. And I thought actually, maybe we could play on the Clippers because of that that barn burner game that we saw just a few nights ago, where they scored three hundred and like fifty points in that game, and the Clippers ended up losing. That that they would want some type of revenge. Not the case. It looks like they're resting everybody. So I think that that the Clippers are just packing it in saying, you know what? We don't want to get in a tussle like we did the other night with this team. Let's try to get some rest because this team's going to run. And I think the Sacramento Kings, who are running hot right now, they won their last four games. They go ahead. They take care of business tonight against the Clippers. So it's going to be a minus 140 money line parley with the Kings and the Clippers. Not sure what you think about that there, Mac, but that's... That's kind of where I'm going with this one. Sure, I'll dress the uh, more precarious game would be the lower favorite, Kings minus six. Uh, Kings won four in a row, Clippers lost four in a row. A lot of the time, I'd be concerned that the losing team, the Clippers here, would be hell-bent on getting off the snide, getting a win. But everything is about, it all depends on a red wheelbarrow, famous poem. It all depends on Kawhi Leonard being there. So like, let's say they get this win, they're still winless, in this new iteration of Kawhi, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, it doesn't do anything psychologically, I think, uh, to win without Kawhi Leonard out there. So I do think, like you're saying, they're kind of signaling we don't want to have a 350-point back-and-forth affair, uh, You know, take our, shoot our legs out. How different would it be if up 14 with three and a half minutes to go, the Clippers just held on in that very first game versus the Kings? Uh, they didn't do that, and they lost in double overtime, and they haven't won since, so... Maybe this game they take a pass and they try to recharge the batteries, get the win later on in the week. So, yeah, I agree with you here on that. And then the Celtics, the other side of the coin, they're 11-point favorites. Um, it's hard to see at home them dropping this game the way the Nets are playing right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind that play at all. All right, guys, so that'll be our best bets. Currently right now, actually, that Kings line, it's, it's starting to move. It's moving up right now. I, I see some Kings minus sevens out there. So quickly go ahead. If you're listening to this, hurry up and fire that one in. Get the best line that you can on that money line parlay. So you guys got the agreed-upon player prop. You got our games for today. You got our best bets. Hopefully, 
you guys made out on the last podcast. We did we did quite well. You know, I think I think we were like four and one overall on the last pod. So we're gonna go ahead and try to duplicate that tonight. I do think there's some landmines on this on this card today. So just be careful, guys, if you're out there, you know, picking your own games and stuff like that. But I think Mac and I will do quite well. With that said, not out of the way, let's go ahead and wrap up RJ Bell's dream preview. Uh, you guys know where to find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. Make sure you guys like subscribe to the podcast. If you're looking to save some money over there at pregame.com, make sure you guys enter code East 20 or West 20. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Friday. Enjoy the games.